0: blue you're the cubs definitely had their best comeback win of the season and they saved it for st louis home for cubs news updates and banter we're the official podcast of bleed cubby blue and you can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for bleed cubby blue i'm sarah sanchez i write about the cubs and their lack of defense at bleed cubby blue danny is here and we are fired up to talk about this series win in st louis how is it going danny
1: uh well, it's going better than it did last time when we lost three or four to the Pirates. So I, I, I was almost correct with my Cubs sweep. They came close to it. They managed to tie it late in the the loss. But so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about my at least prognosticated. Wait, how would you say that? prognosticative abilities? <laughs> what what prog, prognosticative? No, prognosticative. that can't be right. Sure. Plus, Oh, yeah, sure. We'll go
0: prognosticative. That works. Yeah, there we go.
1: Prognosticative. That's what I'm Uh, going for. But that can't be a word. I
0: I think we might have just invented a word. But my, my whole thing with language is if people know what you're trying to say, it totally works. So that's all that matters. Like communication is all about a two way understanding. So if I invent a word, and it's an invented word, but you know what the purpose of that word is, we are golden.
1: Yeah, I'm so I'm fine with it, then. I could have said predictive, but.
0: Yeah, I did not. the prognosticative provided us all this interesting banter at the start of the podcast, so it's that much better. We are a prognosticative show over here. Uh, and the Cubs looked really good in St. Louis. You know, if this team is going to be awful and flirt with the worst Cubs record of all time, I, I'm fine with it as long as they beat the Cardinals and make the Cardinals just kind of have a little bit of sadness every now and again. I, I think that I will take that consolation prize.
1: Yeah, and uh, Kyle was the guy to do it to start the first game, and he's just good against the Cardinals. They were talking about it on the broadcast, and after uh, this shutout, with 7.1 innings pitched, uh, after this shutout, he ended up, I have it written down here actually, uh, now he has a 269 lifetime ERA versus the Cardinals.
0: Nice. So
1: he's so exactly so two
0: sixty nine. I did. Nice. I did double, double nice.
1: nice. I know he's thirteen and three, and and it's a hundred sixty innings. So it's not even a small sample size at this point. And it's weird. Like by comparison, he's four forty seven against the Reds, two runs higher. Who he <laughs> who is going to face this week? Which doesn't really make any sense at all because the Cardinals have been better over Kyle's career than the Reds have. But as you said, if the one thing we get out of this situation is that Kyle Hendricks is good against the St. Louis Cardinals. i really don't care if he's bad against the reds. It doesn't matter right now. So uh, just beat the Cardinals, which we did. And Kyle was awesome. Like Dr. Hendo in the house.
0: Yeah. Dr. Hendo was great. He threw seven and a third innings, five hits, none of which were particularly hard to my eye either. Didn't give up any runs, zero earned runs, walked only one person and struck out six. Uh, I, I, My only thing with Kyle Hendricks is I wish they were, and I'm sure they're working on this, like they're very smart people who work for the Chicago Cubs and good coaches and pitch labs and all of that type of stuff. They need to get him closer to this on a regular basis because as far as I can tell, what ends up happening is that the Kyle Hendricks that gets blasted is the Kyle Hendricks who shows up and his sinker isn't quite playing right off the changeup. And then he tries to go high with the four seam. And then that's an 86 mile per hour four seam. And if he misses by even an inch or two, it gets blasted into Wisconsin. And so, I, I, whatever they can do to prevent that circumstance from happening, please continue to do it. But it was really nice to see Dr. Hendo show up in St. Louis.
1: Yeah. I just wonder if it's like in every other kind of start kind of thing. I, there are always pitchers like that. I, I remember thinking that about like Quintana. I'm like, well, he had a good one. So now I was going to have a bad one, you know, and it just always seems to go that way. I, and I think what you're saying is consistency. We need to see that Kyle's going out there, giving you the five, six, seven innings start. Like, even if it's only five innings, cause they like, you know, took a lot of pitches or something and his pitch count got high early or, but you'd want to see like five, innings th- two runs that not, not some of these like six run blowouts like against Atlanta or Arizona, not even a good team. You know, he gives up seven runs there gives up six runs against Milwaukee gives up six runs against Pittsburgh. And you know, it's just like, those are the, the real it's almost outliers. Like you're either, it really is Dr. Hendo or Mr. Kyle, like either he's really good or really bad. There's been very few times that we've said, That was a decent Kyle Hendricks start. There have been a few like that, but they're nondescript and unnoticeable because of all the extremes that he runs at. It's weird. Yeah.
0: Um, Other things that looked good in this game, Chris Martin and David Robertson both looked great out of the pen. Uh, We, this, we lost Jonathan VR on this trip. We left him in St. Louis. Sayonara. Jonathan VR was not particularly good for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, The VR line is what I'm calling it. That is the line that any player like David Bodie or another player has to cross in order to be worth calling up instead of Jonathan VR. And, And the VR line was pretty low. The slash line was 222, 271, 327. With a WRC plus of 66, additionally, I, I had a piece that either went live right as we were recording or will be live by the time we're done recording, so it's definitely up by the time you're listening to this, about the defensive blows of the Chicago Cubs and where they can make some improvements. The worst defender on the Cubs this season by defensive run saves was none other than Jonathan Br with negative nine, and I won't miss that.
1: Yeah. Eight errors on the season. He matched, uh, and Patrick wisdom has eight errors too, but Patrick wisdom also plays more than Jonathan VR VR was out for a bunch of time with a, with like a broken face or something. Like I forget what happened with that. He got smashed in the mouth. And, um, I mean, yeah, Jonathan VR, I mean, wow. Patrick wisdom
0: has 220 more innings in the field than Jonathan VR. And fewer defensive runs. Yeah, no, I'm not.
1: I'm not comparing. I'm not trying to dog out wisdom. I'm more saying that, like, yeah, Jonathan VR was terrible. A butcher, I've been calling him. A straight up butcher. butcher. And it's weird because then he's got DFA'd, so he's going to go through the waiver process and all that stuff. But uh, people on the Mets, I see them being like, hey, let's pick up VR because he was good for them last year
0: by all means go go back to New York VR like well, there he he is not the same guy that was playing okay baseball for the Mets last year or maybe he just doesn't like playing in Chicago I don't know he nothing he did at any point in time inspired me or made me want to see him back in the lineup
1: again Well I was disappointed when we signed him and I was talking about this with Tim Hugh uh, from Bleed Cubby Blue on Twitter actually and he's like, and he was kind of like nobody could have seen this come in this was actually a good signing it's too bad it didn't work out and understands why he's gone but at the same time like you know jonathan you know at the time jonathan vr was good but i remember being on this show even being like because I forget who came first. Was it VR? No, I think it was Simmons came first and then VR second. So I I remember saying something like, oh, great. Let's get all the mediocre shortstops in the world. That'll help, you know, instead of Correa or something like that. And it just all felt like a step down. Like, even w- if VR had been okay on the team, it still wouldn't have been what you would have wanted. You would totally. want them to sign somebody provenly good.
0: Yeah, speaking of people who have been provenly good, by the way, Nico Horner has been the best defender for the Cubs so far. He has eight defensive runs saved at short. I take back everything I said about Nico Horner not being a major league shortstop, although I do still think he'd be a better major league second baseman if you could get yourself a gold glove shortstop over there, and then you'd have a gold glove middle of the infield, which would be sick. Nico really showed up in this first game. He went two for three, walked, uh, had two RBIs, and scored a run. I am loving what I'm seeing from Nico Horner right now.
1: He homered and Yeah. It wasn't that how they scored it?
0: Oh, highly possible. How they yeah. scored it. They, that's generally how they score things when they go out of the park.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was not paying yeah,
0: attention to whether it was a homer or not. If it was a homer, it was a homer.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, he nailed a curveball. That's the only, it's why I noticed. Cause it was, they had the big uh, swoopy pitch track because this game was on uh, Apple TV.
0: Oh, that's so, right. So, that's why I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, Danny. Yeah,
1: Cause you, yeah. Uh, they had this big graphic on it. Now I did not watch this game on TV. I also listened to it on the radio, but in the, in the highlights that I saw, the, the big swoopy graphic and I heard some of what was going on. And I I was wondering if you had any opinions about that broadcast, if you thought it was better, it was different announcers than it was last time. I think,
0: um, so I did set up Apple TV. It turns out as a T-Mobile customer, I get like a free year of it or something. So I figured I'm not really adding anything I have to pay for and I'll check this out. I, I think my favorite part of this broadcast, can I be honest? They did a thing for like half an inning called field levels where they said nothing. And all you heard was the sound of the field for like almost half of an inning. And I want that as an option for all of these national broadcasts. I wanted the option where I can turn off the entire booth and just listen to the crack of the bat and dudes running around and like, Hey, hey yeah, go, you know, like, that's all I want to hear. I want to hear the sound of the game, nothing else. If it's, if it can't be Pat and Ron, if it can't be JD, if it can't be Boog, I want field levels. That's what I want.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, that used to be an option. They used to have that. You could just listen to the sounds of the ballpark, and they took it away for some reason. Um, Probably probably because we all want it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, no, we can't do in-game ads. (laughs) (laughs) So it probably is why. But um, yeah, I I saw that people were kind of enjoying that broadcast because (laughs) a lot of (laughs) – it's so funny. On Twitter, people have been calling uh, Marquis State TV. Yeah, (laughs) I've seen that. <laughs> it cracks me up so much, so people just like that it was different, and I like that they have um i think I I don't know the name of the woman that's doing play by play. I didn't watch it, so I really have to um be I think it was melanie it.
0: new I think it was Melanie Newman from The Orioles, who's great she does wonderful stuff um and I think the they had three people in the booth, but Hannah Kaiser didn't talk all that much. it was sort of like your third like almost your sideline reporter was there, and I think the other person was Chris young I mean the broadcast was fine it wasn't like. It, it wasn't smoltzy and bad and it wasn't like remarkably good. It was just kind of there. But I definitely liked that field level setting. And frankly, if I could like turn on West Coast games that end at like midnight our time and just listen to field levels, that would be sick. I, that would be the perfect way to go to sleep.
1: Yeah, that, that that could be uh, like your uh, crickets or yeah, or, awesome. or waterfall at Yosemite or something. Yeah, field level
0: yeah. field levels of a baseball game. That's what I want to listen to to go to sleep. Uh, the second game, the Cubs did not win, but there were there were some reasons to be optimistic and hopeful here. The Cardinals came back to win five to three. Adrian Sampson was solid and I think has been an underlooked resource for the Chicago Cubs. He is 30 years old. He has thrown over a hundred innings each of the last few seasons, whether he was in Korea or in the States or wherever he has been. And he's just fine. Like he threw five innings, gave up four hits, two runs, two walks and five Ks as a mediocre slash line, but or a mediocre box score for a pitcher, but it's totally fine. And frankly, I I think he's got a rotation spot ahead of Matt Swarmer right
1: now. Yeah, well, he's got more pitchers pitches than Swarmer does. So that automatically you think of Swarmer as, well, maybe he could be like more of a long man. At least he'd give you two, three innings. But um, if he can maybe, uh, you know, unload the tank and give him the two innings instead of trying to get him through like five or something like that it might work better because he really does only have that slider that's the plus pitch but yeah Samson I mean that's just that he's he's not going to excite you because he's old I mean in baseball years and he's not
0: part of the next great Cubs team let's be clear but yeah
1: but I mean but to get you through a season and eat some innings Adrian Samson is just fine by me it's the it's not the worst I've seen out there and he hasn't really blown up this year at all. Um, I kind of don't know why he hasn't remained up with the team. And he'll probably go back down as soon as, I don't know if Mills, if any of these guys are ever coming back, like, well, <laughs> have we heard? Like, you know, what's going we're, we're on? We're going to talk
0: about Mills in a minute, but um, you well, mean yeah, Miley, I'd rather... and Miley and Strowman.
1: Yeah, where are they? And, well, uh,
0: Strowman, to be clear, Strowman is out on Twitter and I love him for it. Uh, Marcus Stroman was one of a handful of baseball players who you're just, forgive me a brief tangent here for a second, but Marcus Stroman was one of a handful of outspoken baseball players this weekend who used his platform to stand up for the women in his life. And as a person who had Danny, the, you you know, cause the news broke about the Dobbs decision as we were finishing recording on Friday And I honestly like couldn't finish talking to Danny. Like I, I, at my voice, I I feel like I'm going to cry right now. So we're not going to do this tangent very long, but I had to go. Like I was so physically ill and nauseous there. I've never felt the only, the only other times I felt something comparable to this in my life were um, terrible breakups, like the type of breakups that rip your heart out and make you feel like you're going to vomit. And, and when I've lost people close to me, that was it. That's how I felt on Friday, and I have been trying to deal with this all weekend. So it was awesome to see the ace uh, of the Chicago Cubs stand up for women. It was really awesome to see David Price do the same thing and and more like that, please. And if you have a platform out there, I promise the women in your life would love you to use it because we could use some support right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've been trying to use whatever I, what platform I have with, you know, 8,500 Twitter followers to tell my own personal stories about this kind of thing. And I, and I was surprised that I didn't get too much uh, pushback uh, on it, um, which I was glad to see. That's because we're in the majority, Sarah, and we're going to win eventually. Things are really messed up with the way that power is shared in this country right now. And there's been a hijacking that has happened. But even though we've um, we've overswung to a certain uh, direction, I believe that the pendulum will swing back. There's too much power that is in the hands of other people and too much opinion like Marcus Stroman's uh, to to want things to be any different than that. So I, I do applaud Marcus for standing up for women and standing up for right for the rights that we've uh, all enjoyed for 50 Plus years, I believe it's been at least fifty years, and um, 48 yeah, 40, Well, yeah, but well, close, it needs close to enough. Be. So, if if it, you know, but thank you to Marcus Stroman, anybody that's doing, it. and and you can't let up on this sort of thing either. So, I am glad he's out there. Hopefully, he stays out there, and people don't forget because it's going to really be something that will affect our society for generations and generations, um, in, unless we do something uh, to, to make things right again. So yeah, I know this is a baseball podcast, but some things are way more important. And to be honest, like, even though the Cubs won two or three in this series, uh, I didn't really have a great weekend because of this, (laughs) you know, like I normally I'd be really, Oh, I'm feeling flying high, but I, I feel depressed. So
0: yeah, I um it's funny actually. So we're recording on Monday and I kind of woke up, you know, you, you have a Monday. Mondays are not, I'm not a Monday person. Like if you're a Monday person, more power to you, but I'm not generally a Monday person. This Monday felt worse than most Mondays. I I briefly considered if I could call in sick to work and just sort of beg off and I was like you can't do that because this is your new reality for the foreseeable future and you're just going to have to learn how to function in a world where you you, I quite literally have fewer rights than I used to have and quite literally have less autonomy over my own body than I had a few days ago. It is a very weird circumstance to inhabit, but I was super grateful um, for a lot of things this weekend. And uh, and we'll get back to the Cubs part of this show in one second, but the, I was grateful that I live on Halstead street in Chicago and that the pride parade came right down my street. I was grateful for all the people that spoke out at that wonderful, wonderful celebration of, our our LGBTQI friends um, and how many people stood out for women there. And I was also grateful to see the Cubs there. I was grateful to see the White Sox there. I was grateful to see the Bulls there. I was grateful to see like every candidate who hopes to be elected in this state there. And Danny, I think you're right. I think that we will certainly win, but I also think that it's going to take a long time and it's going to be painful. And I appreciate players um, who have taken a moment to use their platforms to stand up for what they believe is right. Uh, none of this stick to sports nonsense right now. It is it is too important to do other things. That said, um, we can get back to talking about I have no idea where these guys are at on the IL or when they're coming back or if they're coming back, but when they come back, I I think I'm going to have to go get myself a Stroman jersey and and wear that the next time Marcus pitches in Chicago because, frankly, he earned – he he deserves that jersey right now as much as any other jersey that I have ever bought. And I'm pretty selective about which jerseys I go out and get. We can talk about that at some point. On this yeah, show. I really
1: want him back. I mean, he he had just done that event with the Club Four Hundred and the Lost Boys. He's he's got the height uh, height doesn't measure heart uh, charity. Like we're really being, and I know we have him for a few years after this, uh, but hopefully, but uh, yeah, we're being deprived of kind of a. I mean, I know it wasn't wasn't pitching great either, but like still, like I we we were excited about Stroh, and now it just doesn't seem like he's coming back ever.
0: Nah, I not think He'll he was going to.
1: I didn't think he was going to be gone this long. Like it didn't seem like that serious of an injury when he went down, but I guess it is.
0: I'm 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 hoping that what the Cubs are doing with him, Smiley and Miley with all of them is that they're not, they're trying not to rush them back, even though they don't have a lot of better options. Uh, they want them to be healthy, to be able to pitch for the duration. They don't want them to come back too quickly. And then you have a situation like Miley where it's like, he comes back, he throws two innings and he has to, Go on the IL immediately again. So yeah. hopefully that's what's going on here. Um, things things I loved, even though this was a Cubs loss, we're still talking about Game Two. That was a bit of a bit of a di- bit of a diversion. Bit of a diversion. We're on our way back. Uh, I loved uh Rafael Ortega, who has been great lately. He hit a home run to tie it in the eighth inning, and he has a three twenty one three eighty seven five hundred slash line in June with a WRC plus of one forty eight. Now, admittedly, a lot of that is platoon at bats. They play him against righties because that's where he is strongest, but he's been good in the field and that will certainly play. Uh, They moved him up to second in the order for this game.
1: Yeah. Then you have the, because it was going Morrell Contreras and then, well, Ortega hasn't even been in there. They've been playing Hayward and stuff, you know, like against righties instead of Ortega in many respects, which is weird. So, I mean, although he does play in those games too, sometimes, but, yeah, the so then they go Morell, Ortega, which I like because you put the power of Wilson a little bit further down in the lineup. And Ortega was leading off, taking a lot of walks. So it feels like you've got like kind of an on base kind of machine. Although, not surprisingly, Morell, and I don't know if you want to talk about him, he's been striking out a lot, you know, and it's the off speed, just like I knew it would be. Um, although he did hit uh, that one off speed pitch into the seats that start his career pretty much. But um,
0: yeah, yeah I don't know. Maybe he's, Morales. maybe he's
1: not the, maybe he's not the, the uh, leadoff hitter. We had hoped.
0: No, uh, I think so. I actually think that once there's been some adjustment here, Christopher Morrell will be just fine. But I agree with you, the K rate has been up quite a bit uh, recently. And, and it's all he's seen a lot of breaking and off-speed stuff that he didn't see earlier in his plate appearances. Now that said, and I have not done a deep dive on this yet. So if somebody has done a deep dive on this and is like, actually, you're wrong. I apologize. I've not run all of these numbers yet. Um, My eye test is that it looks like Morell is getting called out on strikes a lot, and a lot of them are just off the plate. Like, they're just on the outside edge of the plate. I tweeted about this during the Cardinals series, and I've noticed it a handful of times now. I'm not saying those are the only strikeouts he has. Yes, he has some swing and miss in his game, but there's a pretty big difference between, like, you're you're going out swinging at those sliders like Javi used to and you're going out looking at a pitch on the, off, on the outside of the plate that's off by, like, an inch like Schwarber used to. And the big difference there is that one of those things should be rewarded and it's just not being rewarded right now because he's getting a rookie strike zone, right? Like he's getting the, nope, you got to swing at that kid. You're a rookie like treatment from the empires. Yeah. If, if I'm right about this, my hunch is that he'll bounce back pretty quickly. Cause like, there's just not that many, like he'll, he'll eventually just start fouling those pitches off and he'll start swinging at them to keep counts alive. And then, He'll be right back, maybe not right back to normal. He's probably not gonna like hit three hundred and twenty with <laughs> um base percentage of four hundred for his career, but the strikeouts will go down a little bit. That said, I need to do a deep dive on this to see how many of them are called and how many of them are swinging and all that
1: jazz. I'm just kind of like, why are you giving him the most at bats in every single game? Like it's obvious. I, I I said this. I think it was on this show that it feels like. Ross is like playing a game behind, or an out behind, or a week behind in some cases, and like, you know, it's you're looking at the morale situation. You could see that it's changed. You could see that the way they're pitching him, but they just keep sending him up there. And meanwhile, the OBP is down to three twenty four, and that's not a leadoff hitter. You know, right. you got to be. I mean, maybe on the twenty twenty two Cubs, it is, but like, it's not like. For it's maybe not even the best lineup you could put out there, which is what you should be always doing, even if you're not going to win this year. Well, who um, would you
0: lead off instead? Ortega. I mean, no, I mean, I mean, I mean maybe against righties. I don't
1: know. I mean, that's what they were doing before we anybody even heard that didn't of work Chris Murrell, that But
0: didn't he's work got three, either, f- Danny.
1: <laughs> But he's got a three fifty nine OBP. That's a lot different. Than the morales. I mean, it's thirty points higher. I mean, there's lots of guys you could put up there. I mean, I don't not lots of guys, but you could put Nico Horner up there. He's the non base machine. Like, he's got a higher OBP than uh and he's and he's knocking the cover off the ball. But and but he's not hitting for power, except for one time. He's only got four home runs on the season, but actually his OBP is only three thirty. But it's uh but it is um um but he's been doing so much better now. Like, and he is a table setter. I could see him playing up there and burying him down there at sixth.
0: I think that Christopher Morrell probably gets another week to see if he can work this out and get back to, he's not going to get back to what he did, like the first 20 games, but maybe get back to something in between the two, right? That um, maybe, maybe these reds and red Sox series will be, will be the spark that Mr. Morrell needs to get back um there let's the talk hope. let's talk about this third game a little bit this was a great great game and i actually had to watch it um after the fact because i was kind of listening to it while i was down at the parade and then i was keeping an eye on the score and like ah this is a bummer like the cubs are already down five to nothing oh well I'm gonna lose the series to the cardinals and literally when i came upstairs when i had had enough of the sun and the cheering and all of that jazz i walked into my apartment and the cubs had rallied for five runs and i was like what is going on? Thank you, Wilson Contreras. Contreras was so clutch in this particular game. I mean, this has to be the best win of the season so far, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say. I mean, just because it is against the Cardinals to to come back like that after being down, um, yeah, and then to win it in 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 uh, Clown Ball Extras and to keep the the Cardinals at bay to, to w- Sunday afternoon. Beautiful, full the stadium full. So like a lot of sad Cardinal fans at <laughs> this. Doing morning. the wave,
0: tie doing game the wave. Yeah, in the tie ninth. game, tie game in the ninth. Two two outs. They're doing the wave for twenty minutes. I am like, what is the matter with you yeah. people?
1: Yeah, even Pat Hughes was just like, the waves just still going around. <laughs> just like, <laughs> like like it took. Uh, I mean, it was like a twenty minute wave. You're right. Yeah, um, at one
0: point, at one point, Boog was like, they're doing the wave poorly. I might add. <laughs>
1: yeah it's uh yeah it was the end of the game at this at this point uh, when they were doing it too and that's the problem that i have with the cup snakes is when it's close and tied and you know instead of being oh, into yeah. the game you're into standing up and sitting down or stacking up plastic
0: oh the number up. of times that i've been in the grandstand and somebody near me has said like heard a cheer go up from the bleachers and i'm like what happened like as if they missed something on the field and i'm like it's just a cup no. snake
1: yeah it's just drunk kids <laughs> yep so, uh, yeah, this, uh, it was awesome. And they, they did it by with, well, with that rally, they, first of all, they had chances earlier in this game too. They had Flaherty on the ropes, uh, who does not look like Jack Flaherty anymore. Just velocity is way down. Uh, he's what is walking a bunch of guys. Uh,
0: well, and so. he left this game with shoulder soreness. So yeah. So That's it's bad some, news for the Cardinals,
1: something's still wrong with him. So, well, well, they're in first place without him pretty much all year, so it's. Oh, like... I'm
0: sorry. Shoulder stiffness, not soreness. That is a distinction in terms of the vernacular, and I don't want to. I don't want to make the injury sound worse. Yes, yeah, so stiffness, stiffness, not soreness.
1: But yeah, yeah, the, I mean, and Mills was just terrible. He gave up the three. Did he give up all three of those home runs? He and... gave
0: up all five runs.
1: He uh, but gave up okay, all
0: of the runs. Well,
1: he gave up three solo home runs and back to back with uh Brendan Donovan and Goldie
0: did and not then, make it uh, out of the third inning.
1: Yeah. Just Only not good. Out One guy. He's got an ERA near 10 now. Like, I don't know. It's just like dude, these dudes that top out at 88, you know, when they got to put it in there, they're going to get freaking rocked. So
0: I mean, Matt Swarmer was good though. Matt Swarmer came out of the pen two and a third innings pitch, no hits, no runs. one block four K's I I'm interested in Matt Swarmer in this like middle relief role.
1: Love it. Where Keegan Thompson was, Matt Swarmer is now. Yeah. And, and Keegan's now, I think in the rotation for good as far as I can tell. And um, yeah, and man, it clutch in this game too. Like just getting the clutch hit in that one inning anyway uh, with uh, Wilson tied it with a two run single. You got, um, Yeah. Ortega doubled with the bases loaded. Like they finally broke through and they had the bases loaded the inning before. And they, you know, so frustrating, like there was an error Flaherty threw one away and they couldn't capitalize. And I was like, "Uh, here we go. And then the Cardinals hit a bunch of home runs. And I was the same as you, Sarah, I was down at pride and I was, but I was listening on my, uh, on my earphone. So so I was listening to the game um, the entire time. And uh, kind of walking around the parade instead of just standing there watching it. And uh, when they started coming back, like, I was just like, who, what Cubs are these? I've, I don't know who these Cubs are. Like, I can't really think of too many games where the Cubs came back in this fashion and ended up with the win. Uh, they came back in the second game too. So they had the fight in them. So I liked it. You'd love to see it. And then I, then I, I, I don't know. I felt, I felt good about, Felt feel good about this game, you know, just like that. You did have the guns at the end of the, the, because Robertson came in and shut it down, you know, at, as well. in the end with uh, the, he, he has the strikeout stuff. He's one of the only ones I'm going to miss him so much when they trade him because he's the only one that they have to trade now. I think he's only on the one year he's yeah, there, gone.
0: There's not that many trade chips. Most of them are on the IL. Unfortunately, it's hard to trade guys who are hurt.
1: Yeah, we well, just mentioned a Miley smile and all that stuff. That's those those guys didn't work out. And think of all we got for like your Chafins last year and Tapera. Uh, to the White Sox. Yeah, we got a we got some pieces with those guys. And this year we don't have quite as much to ship out. Um, but David Robertson is one of them, and he showed. And so every time these guys do great, you're like, ah, oh, increase your trade value. Nice to know you, David. Bye.
0: Yeah, got one absolutely. more month of
1: David Robertson.
0: Absolutely. Um, We need to take a quick break for our sponsors, but on the flip side, we are going to talk about a few different things. We're going to talk about news and notes from around the leagues, including this Angels Mariners fight that was like one of the more ridiculous baseball brawls that I have seen in recent history. We're also going to preview a three game series between the Cubs and the Reds at Wrigley Field. But first, a quick break for our sponsors. And we're back. Danny, did you happen to see this fight between the Angels and the Mariners? Because here's my thing. Baseball fights, most of them, like, somebody throws up an in, and some guys jaw at each other and the guy walks towards the mound and they kind of, like, look like they might fight, but they don't actually fight. And then a whole bunch of guys run in and then there's just a bunch of dudes all standing around and nothing really happens. They're just all kind of milling around and standing there looking angry and saying, like, swear words and stuff. This was a real fight. There were punches thrown. There were headlocks. There were people on the ground. I think like eight or nine guys got suspended. At one point, Rocio Iglesias took this whole thing of sunflower seeds and like just threw it onto the field. I think to protest the fact that he was one of the guys ejected from the game. I, I honestly don't know. Like the whole thing was bonkers. What did you see in this brawl?
1: Yeah, they that was unhinged. Like I, I don't know what preceded all this. Um, Winker got hit by the pitch and then all hell broke loose. And you have to think there's got to be some backstory to this one, but I mean, these guys face each other a lot. Angels, Mariners, there's gotta be some bad blood. There's no way this came out of nowhere.
0: Well, I was listening to MLB central this morning and, and they agree with you on that. One of the things that they said is that this might just be, a function of these two teams have played like eight games against each other in two weeks or something because of the weirdness of the MLB schedule this year and how everything is so compressed and, and so like this, this is also probably the product of, yeah, if these things happen over multiple months of time you wouldn't see such a huge reaction, but because they compressed eight games into two weeks, it's like, imagine the Brewers and how they throw up and in on Wilson Contreras. And now imagine there were eight games of the Brewers doing that in two weeks and the (laughs) brawl that would ensue. Right. I think that's what happened here.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So that's, that's a good assessment about it. But you know, at the other side, as much as I do uh, voyeuristically enjoy watching these things, it's so stupid. I mean, you guys—it's it, like the somebody's going to get hurt, um, and there have been many instances where uh, players were injured. Uh, remember the was not wasn't it uh, Zach was it Zach granky or who got really hurt? I forget who it was. Like it was out for the year after a fight. You know,
0: I don't remember this. This but- was
1: a while ago. I want to say it was Trevor Bauer, but may, it couldn't have been. But anyway, it sounds like him. But um, we don't
0: need to talk about him today. No,
1: <laughs> but 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 there's been a lot of instances in which guys get hurt and then they're out for the year. And you don't, you know, that's the worst way. You're in a pennant race and you think your team's going to succeed, and now all of a sudden you're missing your guy because he uh, lost his temper and uh, punched somebody and broke his hand or punched a wall. Even that happens a lot, you know. Um, I understand that emotions run high in this game, and but you know they got to deal with their mental skills and anger management because that is that it's just unexce- It's embarrassing, really, if you think about it. Like as much entertained as we all are by fighting, it's it's a real it's violence and it's straight violence, and you know shouldn't happen.
0: Well, it definitely doesn't really have a part in in baseball. Like there's not, I, I, I don't know, I don't really need to see coaches headlocking each other and. Throwing each other to the ground. Although you're right, it, it was it was like a wild interlude over the weekend. The
1: Donnie Brook, uh, Donnie <laughs> like Brook, yes, yeah.
0: Donnie Brook, uh, a real melee. The Reds used to be a team that the Cubs had some Donnie Brooks with back in the day, but most of that was Amir Garrett and Javier Baez, neither of whom are with their clubs anymore. So or well, Anthony
1: Rizzo versus the entire Reds team. God,
0: that was <laughs> I. Danny, that was the moment I was sure Rizzo was a cub for life and that they were going to build a statue of him outside that park someday. And he's gone. He's playing for the Yankees. I'm just so, what, what have the Ricketts done to this franchise? I'm so cranky about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. Now that they're coming back to town, I'm like, oh, you guys again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like looking at tickets. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll go get that uh can cooler on Thursday. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm definitely Maybe. going
0: I'm definitely going to Pride Night, which I think is uh Friday Thursday Wednesday Friday, Wednesday. I I don't yeah. remember. I've had the ticket for a while. It's one of the only tickets that I bought through the Cubs this it's year. It sold out. Um did it sell out? Good.
1: What well, the well the when the, the pride part the, of it pri- did. Right. So it's these are special
0: yeah, special what's the word like special event tickets or whatever, like yeah, where you have you to buy hat. the ticket through the Cubs and pay, pay for the overpriced ticket so that you can get the hat. It's one of the only tickets that I actually bought through the box office this year. Cause I wanted that hat. I also wanted the sugar skull bobblehead. So I paid for one of those in September. And I did in fact, buy um, tickets for the Red Sox game on Sunday. Cause I thought those might be more expensive on StubHub, but I don't think I I calculated into that how exactly bad the cubs would be at this point in time so that was probably a miscalculation on my on my part
1: you and all the season ticket holders yeah, right. <laughs> did not calculate that properly correct
0: nope not at all um poor, god season ticket holders must must be taken up we
1: should have day. no we should really take a collection for them yeah i feel, <laughs> like, I feel bad have support your local
0: season ticket holder cubs fans uh The pitchers for the Cubs for this Red series will be Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele, and Kyle Hendricks. We'll see if he's Dr. Hendo or Mr. Kyle. The Reds will counter with Luis Castillo, Hunter Green, and Graham Ashcroft. What do we see in these pitching matchups, Danny?
1: Well, um the Wednesday game with game two is actually a rematch of the green steel game on May 26th, in which the Cubs lost 20 to five. So let's hey. just hope, let's just hope that that's not going to happen again. Um, yeah. It wasn't a, wasn't steel's best game. He gave up seven runs in that one. So now I, you know what I bet happens now. Cause that happened before. Cause Cubs got five runs off of uh, Hunter green as well. In that game, and uh, it, uh Nico, Willie, and Hap all homered against him. So I'm thinking that this one's going to be like a one to nothing nail biter. <laughs> it's just because the other one was so crazy. Justin Bill
0: takes a no hitter into the sixth.
1: Yeah, it'll be like that. And, you know, Steele's been real hit and miss. So you're seeing like. Real kind of off again, on again with him, too, as he works out as rookie kinks. Um, Cubs have done well against Castillo through their career. Uh, I I think they're batting over 300 against him collectively when I looked it up. And uh, then Graham Ashcraft. We never even heard of this guy. So he's brand new. Cubs never seen him. And
0: uh, (laughs) what? That could be bad though. Like anytime the Cubs have never heard of a guy, I'm like, oh man, this team is going to get through like at least two turns of the lineup before anybody figures out what they should swing at.
1: They're going to be, yeah, there's, you know, they're not even, they're going to provide their own breeze, just swinging at (laughs) terrible pitches from Graham Ashcraft. Uh, No, but he went, he did uh, great against the Giants. Last time he went out, he went uh, eight innings pitched, two runs on five hits. I saw, so great. He could. Yeah. So that's not great for us. And then we got, and then Kyle did great last time. Uh And so, and yeah, he doesn't do great against the reds. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. Kyle Hendricks is one of those players who, and I I get it. Nobody cares about your fantasy team, but I I have felt safe drafting Kyle Hendricks in fantasy baseball for years now, because it was like, he's going to give me a lot of innings. not going to give me a lot of strikeouts, but he's always going to be the same old Kyle and just get guys out. And honestly, I'd drop him finally, um because i, I it's one thing if the dude Brutal. it's one thing if the dude is like has a four e r a but it's kind of predictable, and you kind of have an idea that he's gonna go long enough to get you wins. It's another thing when it's like will this be the Kyle that gives up ten runs or will this be the Kyle that strikes out seven? Will this be the Kyle that doesn't give up a hit? Will this be the Kyle that has is pulled from the game after an inning and a third like it's just it's too random at this point in time, so more power to you, all you people who kept Kyle Hendricks on your fantasy baseball teams. I had I had to get off that roller coaster.
1: Yeah, understandable. Either that or just pitch him every other time.
0: I, I tried that, but I honestly, like, that didn't work. I, I started guessing wrong at some point, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, when, when it came to a point where I, I can't remember who he was facing, but there was a two-start Kyle Hendricks week, and one of the starts was against the the Pirates, and another one was against, like, the Orioles or something, and I was like, yeah. Not sure I can do this. I was like, okay, he's gotta go.
1: I <laughs> can't <laughs> start him against
0: the pirates and the Orioles. Like, that's a Yikes. problem. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, speaking of hot hitters who may give Kyle Hendricks a run for his money. Say um the Reds have a few. Brandon Drury is still mashing this season. Talk about a wild, like, did not see that one coming. He has a WRC plus in June. Of 174, Kyle Farmer is at 134. Tommy Pham is at 126, and Joey Votto has rejuvenated himself and has his WRC Plus in June, up to 119. Danny, what do you see from these Reds hitters?
1: Yeah, they've always had pretty decent hitting. Pa- part of it is their ballpark. Um, they've had a terrible June so far. They're at pretty much the same record as the Cubs, 8-16. and 16. And uh, they had a decent May, though, after that horrible, horrible start. But they just, you know, like... Like the Cubs, they they just they don't really have um, enough pitching to put them through. I don't think anybody. They, they've always had some hitting, you know. Brandon Drury, what fifteen home runs on the season so far?
0: Uh, he's you know, a they got Tommy
1: fam who can hit them. Like you know, it's kind of they're not control. bad.
0: The Drury thing is one of the like, in my opinion, one of those stories that people should be paying a little bit more attention to. Because frankly, this was a guy that people thought was going to have an impact years ago when he first came up into the league and and he really hadn't um his you know his career average he's a 252 301 429 hitter kind of middle of the road and all of a sudden here in 2022 he has transformed himself into a, to a 272 331 528 guy with yeah 15 home runs so that'll definitely play as long as he's getting some playing time
1: yeah and the and the cubs their def, their offensive stats are higher than the reds overall, but the Reds have scored more runs. Yeah. So you got to score runs.
0: (laughs) Speaking of the the name of the game, (laughs) speaking of the Cubs and their hot bats, Ian Hap continues to stay hot. I, Ian Hap needs to get some all-star love people. Like if you are out there voting for Wilson Contreras for the all-star game, you got to vote for Ian Hap too, because frankly, he should definitely get an all-star nod after the season he has put up for the first half so far. Uh, his WRC plus in June is at 162. Raphael Ortega, who we already talked about, has a WRC plus in June of 148. Wilson Contreras is at 133, and Nico Horner, sneaky back there, Nico is at 118. I, I really like what I've seen from Nico so far this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, not only like you mentioned the defense being there, but and he's a singles hitter. Although he did hit a home run in that first game, uh, it, it, you know, you just like his approach. He came in much stronger. He he, he came up too early because of injuries. And now I feel, and then he had more injuries. So he's never really played a full season. This one being included, he's already been injured this year too, but you know, I do like what I see from Nico Horner. I think he's in, I do think he's part of the next great Cubs team, which I'm afraid that I really don't ever want to hear again, because we're going to have to hear it for the next three years. Unfortunately, when, when they trade Ian Happ and he is on a different team, um, you know, playing in the world series, you know, for either the Dodgers or Yankees. And um, yeah, I, Nico's great. Nick, I, I do. I think they, I think he can be part of a real future with this team. And a really, he's, I don't think he's going to be an all-star. Maybe he will make it once like Ron Cooper did or something like that. But he, but he's a solid ball player and he's, and he's one of the more consistent ball players that I've seen. And he's, above average at almost everything he does. He's just maybe not a superstar.
0: Uh, Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that, you know, you don't need every guy to be a superstar in order to have a productive baseball team. You just need a handful of superstars and then a bunch of role players who can do their part and not be worse than league average, right? Like that's what you need to build a great baseball team. Unfortunately for the Cubs right now, they have like, One superstar, one half superstar, and a couple, like a lot of guys who are playing much worse than they normally do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So, um, but at least we beat the Cardinals two or three and hopefully they can beat the Reds. I mean, the Cubs are, the Cubs and the Reds are unfortunately pretty evenly matched. Their bullpens are both terrible. Like as far as like ERA wise goes, they Cubs give up a lot of home runs, out of their bullpen. So do the reds. Like, you know, it's just, the weather's going to be nice. I, I can really see like, it's, it's a couple of crooked <laughs> crooked scores, depending on how things go. It's going to be 90 on Thursday. And you know, it, even though it maybe is a little bit better at night, I don't know.
0: Yeah. The weather is going to be nice. Danny, if you're out there in this nice weather, watching some Cubs games from tickets that you bought on a resale because you weren't going to pay for these ridiculous prices, the Cubs are asking, where can people find your baseball takes?
1: Well, they can find it t- tonight. I don't know when you guys are getting this, but I'll be on the Sun Ranto show at 8 o'clock. We'll have Billy DeVore of the new Nasty Boys on, and uh, he's going to talk about this Red Series and a real live Cardinals fan named Dennis, who we can make fun of live to his face because they lost 2-3 to the lowly Chicago Cubs. And But follow me at Sun Ranto, and you can see all the things that I have to say about things. And I'll be out at the ballpark at least on Thursday night.
0: A real live Cardinals fan. You say that like they're fictional. Like, it's like a card, a person who cheers for the well, Cardinals half, on purpose.
1: Half their players are fictional, made up in like some weird That's machine. True. That, you That's know, true. That keep deep in the in the uh, Budweiser uh, brewery
0: gonna say somewhere in memphis there's somebody churning out brandon donovan's like <laughs> that's their whole job just turning out brandon donovan's and making sure they have that harrison bader flow uh if you want to hear my baseball tweet uh, my baseball takes you can follow me on twitter at at bcb underscore sarah you can follow the podcast and everything related to our episodes at the at cup of Cubby blue twitter account and we are tweeting all of our episodes and lots of baseball goodness from all of those channels if the cubs are able to stave off the Reds in this batom of NL Central basement dwellers, uh, you will hear about it here first on Cup of Cubby Blue. Until next time.